You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host Jake Painting, creator of the Hows and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Kana Supers and SB Nation. We're back here today with another quick post-game recap using a number to anchor a wider point or a wider trend of the game, or in this case as the season. Firstly, I just want to apologize for missing the last game against the Phoenix Suns. I had some laptop issues, some microphone issues, some issues that I just couldn't figure out at that time or in time, you know, before the next game. And it was a pretty ugly loss anyway, so I'm sure it wasn't too big of a loss for those who didn't get to listen. Anyway, we are back now, microphone and laptop in working order. And it's probably working better than the Timberwolves are right now. They end the night with a 115-102 to 102 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Their third loss in a row and another night that they've further dug themselves into the hole that they've started this season in. They've, they've, set, they've started the season as a whole in this hole. <laughs> so to be fair, I, I, I do think it was actually as close to a moral victory as we're probably going to get in a season where we are all expecting actual victories. I will, I'll put it this way. I think that if they played this way at the start of the season, we might have seen them pull off a win or two more. And I certainly think they might have blown out a couple of teams, namely uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder in both of those games that they won. I think those games could have been blowout wins if they played as well as they did tonight. Unfortunately, they played the Milwaukee Bucks, who are a juggernaut. Giannis is awesome. Drew Holiday always seems to kill the Wolves and is just the perfect sidekick, even without Chris Middleton there. And they have a bunch of really good role players and a bunch of great, great defenders. So it is a hard game to test yourself against for the Wolves, and it's a hard game to really make any sweeping declarations about how much worse or better the Wolves have been in this game. But in general, I think they actually played pretty well. That doesn't mean there weren't bad things happening. Uh, Don't worry, I'm not going to spend this podcast rambling on about three-point shooting and the progression to the mean that we should see soon, should see soon. Although I do think that was once again the biggest difference between winning and losing was the fact that Milwaukee hit shots and Minnesota didn't. And it's pretty obvious there is some serious form and fit stuff that went wrong with D'Angelo Russell again, Jaden McDaniels who's been up and down. And Rudy Gobert, of course, who's the big question mark inside all of this. But I I do think there were positives as well. The ball movement was way, way better than it has been in previous outings. And despite some poor moments, I think they're getting on the same page as a transition defensive unit and as a defensive rebounding unit. I know that those offensive rebounds do 
feel like killers at the time, but they have really cut them down over the last few games, and especially in this game. What's really important to remember is that the Bucks again, are a really good team, and losing to them in the manner that Minnesota just did doesn't have to signify that the sky is falling, even if, admittedly, even to myself, who's trying to remain pretty positive about the outlook of this team, it really does feel that way sometimes. Uh, but And the Wolves are 4-5. and five. Things don't look like they should. That much is obvious. And with that in mind, this episode's number is... 96.8, as in the 96.8 points per 100 possessions, or offensive rating, as it's normally known or used, that the Timberwolves' starting lineup has mustered up this season. So the, the, the Wolves lineup, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Carlton Towns, and Rudy Gobert are scoring 96.8 points per 100 possessions. Really bad. According to Cleaning, cleaning the Glass, there have been 27 five-man lineups who have played together for at least 100 possessions so far this season. Only the starting lineups of the Charlotte Hornets and the Houston Rockets have a worse offensive rating than the 96.8 that Minnesota are, po- are posting right now. Among those 27 lineups, the Wolves starters rank in the 19th percentile in effective field goal percentage the very last percentile, like the zeroth percentile, and that's not even a word, but the zeroth percentile in turnover percentage and the fourth percentile in free throw rate. That's just a lot of jargon to say that they've been crap. Crap in every department. Crap creating good looks. Crap creating better looks from ball movement. And crap converting the looks that they do get. On top of that, they are they aren't getting to the line and they are turning the ball over a ton. Recipe for disaster, right? So how does that get fixed? Honestly, if I had the treatment to this disease, I'd probably be on Chris Finch's bench and not here sitting at my desk. But there is clearly a big dilemma that Finch and the coaching staff need to face, and that is do they stick with this and risk continuing to suck and continuing to lose games that they might otherwise win? Or do they start tinkering and potentially derail any chemistry that this team could find in the future? I don't think there's any denying that D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jay McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert is a lineup that lacks for star power. It doesn't lack for offensive punch or defensive stoutness. What it does lack is synergy and togetherness. So do they throw away what could be so awesome on paper to start winning more games now? Instead of potentially having this juggernaut team that has the best of both worlds defensively and offensively, if they just allow it to simmer a little more in the pan and and gain a little bit more flavor. Now, I ask that with a truly open mind because to me, Maybe it's as simple as inserting a Torian Prince or a Kyle Anderson into the starting five for someone like McDaniels, who's been very up and down, and Prince and Kyle Anderson are reliably sturdy presences and really good role players. Starting Jordan McLaughlin would probably work too. D'Lo's been awful. I've been on that for a while now, and so, and now, and so has everyone else. But that comes with a whole lot of political issues in terms of money and hierarchy. So. 
I'm not sure that either of those are the options. I think that taking away from McDaniels's. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Development is another slippery slope to be going down, especially how much they talked him up this this offseason. So is that the answer? I'm not sure. Do they run more set plays? The offense, the fast-flowing and free-motion offense hasn't worked. We know that in a perfect world, Finch can get, can get that from a team. They got that last season, especially after Christmas and after in the new year when they were a genuinely elite defense. And... Theoretically, they have a lot of players who were massive components of that elite offense, but it's not an elite, it's not an elite offense right now. So do they run more set plays? I thought they did that in this game against the Bucks. It was a move that hastened the ball movement and gave them way more structure as an offense in general. And a, a lot of the time, they got really good looks. But many of those really good looks came from the three-point line, like they do for every team in today's in today's NBA. And those looks inevitably missed. And the team still finished with a 99 offensive rating for the game. So again, not to harp, but that's why three-point shooting and this team at some point progressing to the mean is such a huge part of their struggles. Again, I'm not sure if that's the issue. I'm not sure if that's... What's going to solve it? I think it did look better. I think the shots will start to fall. I think if you do it against a team like Houston, who they play probably just before you're listening to this or a few hours or maybe even after it, if you uh, a sicko who likes to go back and watch and listen to these episodes after a few games after they're, they're finished, then you will see that those set plays will probably work really well against a team who's a worse defense than Milwaukee. Or they'll just work well because the shots will start falling, which they will inevitably. I will keep saying that. They will start falling. One more thing that could be a potential treatment to these starting lineup illnesses is to simply not play them as much together. It doesn't mean you have to scrap the starting five in general or, you know, can the experiment or even demote an important piece to the bench like McDaniels or Russell. You just have to not trot them out for such huge stretches at a time. Again, going back to those 27 five-man lineups, only Detroit and Atlanta's starters have played more together this season than Minnesota's. And now I understand the logic. Finch is trying to whip them into chemistry by making them play together and find that chemistry organically. But at some point, he has to stop the bleeding. And at some point, he needs to tighten that leash and start finding lineups that can work when this one doesn't. It doesn't need to be a huge change, just a minimization of the damage that they're doing right now. There still, there still needs 
to be time to figure it out or else it's going to be hard to ever close games with this mega expensive starting five. But that doesn't have to come at the expense of wins. And I think that's ultimately ultimately what will happen and what has already started to happen. D'Angelo Russell played just 23 minutes against the Phoenix Suns the other night with Finch favoring McLaughlin and Noel instead. And then tonight against the Bucks, Jaden McDaniels played just four minutes in the second half. Finch tethered him to the bench in favor of Kyle Anderson, and it worked. The Wolves obviously didn't win either of those games, so it's hard to see the clear benefits. But the team played so much better after both of those changes were made, and really they were in with a mini chance to win both of those games if things have gone better better from a shooting standpoint. So I'm really interested to see if this keeps playing out this way, to see if Finch truly has had enough with letting these starters run wild and run off leash and decides to rein them in a little bit and blend in different guys to help grease their wheels in a different way. We will get to see it again, as I said, against the Houston Rockets in just a few hours. I'll be there to discuss it. I hope you will be too. 